<sighs> you know it's going to be a good day when you start off with some Hank. All right? Yeah. Senior, not junior. We're talking about the OG in here. It's uh, good morning to you. It's Bruce, Love Judy, him. and Cheese. That, so that's my that reminds me of my dad. I mean, I would uh. when I would wake up, Dad's playing Hank Senior. Like I, I, I grew up with that playing in the background. Really? Yeah. Nice. That was. I know them all. Don't get me started. I can sing Jambalaya <laughs> to you if I have to. All right. I learned it before I learned nursery rhymes. Okay. Dad's like, you're gonna learn about good music. <laughs> Uh, Nick I, approves, though, right? I just right? picture him sitting it's, in his lazy boy garage, with a, he had a good cowboy lazy boy. hat on. He did have a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a... <laughs> um, so, uh, good morning to you, by the way. I got, I got derailed. I never know what DJ Cheese is going to throw in there. And Hank Sr. is a great way to yeah, start it out there. Uh are you surprised that I know? I, get, I know. I, I didn't know you would be that in. I'd be like, oh, it's a good time. I remember that one. But yeah, I didn't know I you'd know. be like, wow, that triggered some memories. He memory. listened to his father as a child. I didn't he, have a choice. There you go. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. yeah was not, <laughs> not an option. <laughs> but that, as a kid, belt, yeah. I, I, I didn't always listen when it, when, it, when it came to school and schooling and whatnot. I probably am not the only person that wasn't always switched on and engaged, uh, for lack of better terms, in school. And uh, around test times and quizzes and whatnot, I, uh, now that I believe the statute of limitations has run out <laughs> on sixth grade, um, I may or may not have creatively attempted to cheat, especially in math class. Uh, especially, but I wasn't mm-hmm. going to get through high school math without cheating. I think at some point, um, although it's a little, I why do I think it's so much easier to cheat today? Why do I think that technology has made it so much easier? It, it, think about even writing a paper. Oh my God, we had to use like encyclopedias. I had to go to the library and research. Okay, Miranda, the library is a big building full of books. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. Wow. Exactly. I mean, it's just, you know, it's so much easier to do research. It's great. Even as a news person, from before, how I used to have to, you know, do a story to now. Are you kidding me? It's it's everywhere. You kids today. So now. So easy. So, like, I'd heard about, like, trying to use your phone i I mean you know you've obviously got probably the answers to any question on the planet on your phone right i mean that that exists so schools got wise to that noise all right now phones in the classroom i see a phone out you're gonna get an f on your test etc 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 they're now trying to figure out how to deal with Smartwatches, and not just the Apple Watch. There's a variety of competing ones like this, where it's basically a computer on your wrist, but it's a watch. Mm-hmm. What are you going to tell kids? You can't wear watches to school? <laughs> I want to be punctual. I never want to be late to your class, Miss Hornbuckle. So that's why I wear a watch. It also happens to have all the answers of the universe yeah. on it. Right? Right. And think about the creative ways, and and apparently... It's a thing. And you can talk to other watches, right? You can communicate. Mm-hmm. You could t- text, email, message other people in the classroom. It's like a lifeline. I was just saying, like phone this. a friend. Can oh, I, my gosh. Can I ask my smart friend in the other room what the answer to this is real quick? Mm-hmm. I would like to phone a friend. Exactly. I just think it's so much easier to cheat these days. I would be fantastic at it. There's no doubt about it. But I... uh 
I used to have to come up with some pretty, pretty creative ways. I can remember a geometry. Oh, God, I hated geometry. Geometry was where, no, it might have been algebra. Okay, here's why I say this. It was algebra. I had just gotten to the point where I thought, like, the numbers weren't as intimidating. And then they started throwing letters into math. And I was like, what the hell? What's X? X. Why is there a Y in this? I just got yeah. the number part down. Now we got letters. I'm totally screwed. So I would. Uh, so here's what I did. Just throwing it out there. This is this is for you kids. We're very popular with the kids at five thirty nine in the morning. Big with the kids. If they're already on to you and they're looking for that smartwatch and they're looking for your phone, you're gonna come. You're gonna you're gonna have to go back and go analog to to cheat. I took. Um, a pack of of Wrigley's gum, the stick gum, and there were seventeen. There were seventeen pieces of gum in the thing wrapped in foil. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I took them all out individually and unwrapped them, and I wrote in pencil. I wrote answers on the little white sticks of gum, and I wrote things like that I needed to remember, and then I wrapped them back up in the foil, and I put them back in the pack in kind of like an order of 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 how I thought they'd come out on the test, you know. So, <laughs> on the gum or on the, on the paper? Gum. On the oh, gum. you wrote on the actual gum. On the gum. Wow. So, the, so when I pulled out the gum during the test, I could read it and then eat, eat the it. evidence. Read it and eat it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you Thank know you that because they're always looking a, for I got a C help? minus. I got right, a C well, minus. C's get degrees. Boom, okay. Go. I'm going to go with that. I got a C minus. Oh, I, my can gosh. I, so, uh, not coincidentally, I was actually I was on the radio when I was in college, when I was at the University of Arizona, and I made a mention of that. I think I had like a Greek literature test or Greek mythology test in, in college, and I made a mention of this how I cheated uh, before. I just was making a joke about it, you know. Hey, I got a test tomorrow. Da 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 da. And uh, I walk into class and I sit down, minding my own business. And the teacher looks directly at me and goes, Bruce, you pull a piece of gum out, I'm kicking you out of this classroom. I was like, ah, ah, ah. you listen? Busted. <laughs> Son of a mother. Did you ever have a creative way of cheating in class? That was my creative way. I think it's pretty creative. That's very creative Isn't because it? you eat the evidence. Eat the evidence. Right. Because teachers are always looking, oh, he's going to write it on the wrapper. No. Look. Yeah, they look and they're like, oh, you could just scribble. You could scribble on the on the, the gum itself. It's a little white stick. and it, you How many right sticks out. of gum did you eat during All 17 test? of them. Okay, I'm pretty that sure I did. A little bit I had suspicious. like a big, huge chew yeah. rod. I did, you know, <laughs> stick it out. I look like Louis Armstrong on one side of my cheek. You know? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you can only stick so much liked. gum under the, right. under the desk, yeah, you know, yeah, at some point it sticks to your legs. Oh my gosh! Miranda? These kids are using these watches, and then I'm thinking back. I used to have one of those Casio uh, uh, Ti fifty fives. No, oh, no, the, no. Wa- the watch, watch that had with the, the calculator on it. The calculator. Thank oh. you. Yeah. Look at ah. these called calculator. Right. Yeah, those are cheaters. So yeah, they were. The graphing calculators have little covers on them, and we would have one person take the test, and then the hardest question they would write on the back of the graphing calculator and slide it on, and we would all pass that calculated through the period, so... Ooh, okay. Wow. Okay, all right. Wow. That's creative. That's pretty elaborate. Did you ever have, in college, did you have blue books? We had to, if you had to fill out, uh, like, we had to do, um, like, a written piece or an essay, and we had these blue, empty 
Blue, they call it blue book, yeah. and it was just a blue cover, white pages, and that's what you use. So you you brought that in and go, okay, get out your blue book. You got to write your thing. May or may not have had them pre-written. May or may not <laughs> have had some pre-written blue books in my bag. So I'd pull out the blank one. I would write absolute nonsense. I'd get up to go hand it in, and I'd pull out the one that would had been pre-written, preferably by somebody smart. In my fraternity. That was why. I really, sincerely never really cheated. Ugh. I don't remember, except one time. Okay. Here we go. It was big. And Nick, it was at SIU. Ooh. And I have... Okay, statute of limitations might, might be up on that one. Oh, they might I, rescind your degree. Really? <laughs> After all these years? But, ooh, you never know. Um, so I couldn't pass the typing test. Typing? And you had to pass the typing test to get into your ma- into the major of radio and television. Okay. So I couldn't do it. It was like you had to type a paragraph in so many minutes, and you had got so many errors. Right, right, right. So finally, my roommate just, you know, she took my ID. She went in. I never, and I, she's like, you passed, no problem. I said, oh, thank goodness. So I, you know, two years later, I, I mean, I know. I, you must, remember, oh, maybe you never knew Mr. Brown, the head of the department. He was just, I mean, this is, these were scary times where we. Scary times scary in times the typing department. professors were like, <laughs> you better be. Well, and it's because it was radio and TV. I yeah. mean, you were in or you were out. I mean, it huh? wasn't, there was no room for error. So I flew through. I had a great time at SIU. I'm going to graduate. I go see my um, advisor. And um, he sits down. He pulls out my file, opens your, it up. Your permanent file. My yeah. permanent <laughs> file. He opens it up, and the first thing I see is that damn test. <laughs> and my first instinct was, "Oh my god, I'm not going to graduate." They caught me. Busted. You know, yeah. busted. But deny, deny. I deny. saw it. She had typed the paragraph three times in a row with no mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, "Oh Jesus, God! She never told me that." <laughs> hey, hey, Sean in in Kerry, what's your creative cheating way? Well, I used to have a TI eighty four CE calculator, and that thing was basically a computer. Yes. So, in my chemistry classes in college, I could write programs that would solve equations, that would balance equations, chemical equations, and it would tell me all of the ions, all the protons, all the neutrons of every chemical. You'd preload your calculator, Jeez. basically. You, Dude, you'd program you sound the calculator. Like you don't need to change. Exactly. I was going to say you should have been teaching the class, right? possibly. We ever thought about that? Oh, my gosh. Well, my chemistry teacher was horrible, so I had to cheat. (laughs) Sean, have you ever used any of that chemistry knowledge? Oh, heck no. I'm a mechanical engineer. (laughs) Okay, all right. There you have it. Smart guy to begin with. Hey, Sean, appreciate you you calling. Thank you very much. Hey, he turned into an engineer at least. Okay, he was a smarty pants to begin with. Let's be honest with ourselves there. Swear to goodness. I'm being dead. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's cheese. Did we learn nothing from Jurassic Park? What is the lesson of Jurassic Park? All of the movies, right? I learned to be very, very scared. You know, the lesson is (laughs) that 
when you mess with Mother Nature, uh, Mother Nature will eat you. That's kind of what I took from it, in a nutshell. Right? Badly describe the Jurassic Park movies. Mess with nature, nature eats you. Yeah. Okay? So there is a company out there. Okay? And it's a bunch of smarty pants <laughs> who have a bunch of money behind them now and say they are going to, using DNA, recreate and bring back the woolly mammoth. <laughs> you know, it's time. He's been gone what? for he's, they've been gone for ten thousand years. Yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do we want to bring the woolly mammoth back? Those things are huge. <laughs> it's called a mammoth. And woolly. It's a big hairy elephant with long tusks. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's for climate change. What the hell does that have to do with climate change? Well, let's see. Here's how, here's how they, uh, they figure it out. These are how the smarty pants are saying it? Yeah. One of the greatest threats to the earth is the melting of the Arctic. I've heard rumors. Frost and its massive release of greenhouse gases. So you get the woolly mammoth back. Yeah. They start eating, um, chomping and stomping down the, br- uh, bu- the brush and the trees, exposing the earth to sub-zero temperatures and allowing the tundra's original grasslands to grow back. What? So this would effectively sequester carbon rather than allowing it back into the atmosphere. So they're going to populate the the North and South Pole with woolly mammoths? Yes. Then they they can as if it wasn't inhospitable enough. (laughs) Now I this This is is a ridiculous idea. This is my favorite line of this article. Gene editing has the potential to impact all aspects of life. Yes, they're going to eat you from animal de-extinction and ecosystem restoration to disease prevention. And here it comes. Creating more sustainable human bodies. What the hell is a more sustainable human body? No, no. I just envision myself. I don't want to turn into I envision half myself suspended in a pod after I die. Oh, God. Yeah. So I don't know what that like means. Like in pod juice. Ooh, oh, yeah. like in the larva stage. Ah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it, this is a ridiculous idea. And, and it kind of brings up a, a, the basic question. And, and this would be mine. Just because you can, should you? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Just because you can, apparently, using some long, old-found DNA that was, you know, encased in ice somewhere, and you're like, well, we're a little bit of woolly mammoth DNA, I guess we could sit here and close. <laughs> Does that mean you should? No! The answer is a hard no. Again, Jurassic Park, which I'm pretty sure was a documentary. And we don't need to bring uh, T-Rexes no. and Velociraptors there back. There are a lot of people who would disagree with you. They would love to I see that. I hope they get eaten first. Right? Okay? I at least want to watch what? them it get eaten. It went bad in that scenario, but, I mean, you can create a, a good Jurassic Park, right? Oh, yeah. You're going to... We're going to have a DNA T-Rex, but it's a nice T-Rex. Oh, yeah. yes. It's, it's, a veg- it's a vegan. It's a vegan. <laughs> it went exactly. vegan. <laughs> yeah. Pterodactyls, they'll just swoop around the sky, that chirping. That is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> on a variety of different levels. Well, we have problems enough real. With, with the animals. I just, this is I want to bring back the woolly mammoth. We've got enough issues with the animals we already got on this planet. Cows, for example. Any, I think if, if people who pay attention to this kind of know, cows commit. Uh, we talk about global warming, <laughs> cow waste, Dung. cow gas, flatulence. Flatulence. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cows are like a one-man wrecking squad, you know, for the planet, but they they might have a solution. Yes. So scientists are now 
potty training cows. No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, they're using the mulu. The mulu. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Yes, they are potty training them. Again, it helps the environment. Right, because runoff from cow pastures right. uh, can get into water. So I know that you do not want to drink the water. Their urine contains nitrogen. <laughs> I don't want to know what their urine contains. And mixed with their feces, it oh, becomes God, ammonia. Oh, God, we went to the feces it's right away. It's an environmental exactly. issue. You can tell when you drive past the cow pasture, right? Well, just Everybody's imagine. Everybody's got to poop, though. Isn't that what we Everything right. poops. But you know, There's you poop. Right? There's a book called Everyone, you Everything Poops. You poop and flush. That's the way I look at it there you go right and, and by the way cows apparently pee a lot okay a single cow can produce so eight men. gallons of urine a day eight gallons that's pretty that's a lot i love nick so do old men <laughs> get up you know 10 what? times during We're... the night <laughs> Sean, we're having fun with this. You're calling from Bloomington to what? Add some reality to it? I don't know if I'm going to like this. Go ahead, Sean. Yes, sir. Because anytime you're, you're, you're dealing with any animal species, there's associated diseases. You oh, yeah. Ancient animals that have become extinct. We, know, we have no idea right? what diseases they were dealing with. In other words, we may be opening up a whole new pandemic if oh. now we're bringing these ancient See? animals back. See? Sean, thank See, you, Sean. Thank you. See? Uh, yeah. Sean yep. took Jurassic Park and went even one farther. You have no idea what they're going to bring back with them, right? Yep. Mad cow disease. Now we have Bonic. mad, mad woolly, woolly mammoth, mammoth disease. Yeah. Oh, my Lanta. I am not interested in that in the slightest. Well, but if they're going to create them, uh, you know, they can take care of that, right? They can make them pure. Who's they and take those, care of? This is smart This is people. awful vague, you know, when the reality is. I'll tell you who. The dinosaurs eat you. The, the people who didn't cheat in school and paid attention and now are able to use DNA mm. to make woolly mammoth. Just because you can. Does it mean that you should? Because, I mean, aren't we at the point where, I mean, we could genetically alter humans? You know, I mean, we do it in yeah. everything else. But that's, you know, that's an ethical thing. Just because yeah. you can right. doesn't mean you should. Well, and at least the scientists dealing with the cows, I think, have heeded that warning because they say the cows cannot be trained not to belch or fart. They would blow up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Exploding cows. I'm going to teach my dog to go to the bathroom. Goodness, cows can do it. Why can't I? I don't want to. Now, don't the woolly mammoths poop and fart too? Of course they do. A bunch of them running around. Oh my god, I can't even imagine what that looks like. Thank you for the details. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? You don't want to put anything big poop back in the earth. Yeah, because you're trying to keep it cold. It's going to look like an ant hill. One of those really big ones. (laughs) I don't want to go anywhere near it. Ant hill. Let's move on. I still want to get to our criminal of the day, all right? I've had enough talking about these crazy things. Hey, shout out to Mark Anthony Filial, a Florida man who found a unique and illegal way to try and pay his freeway tolls. Allegedly, Filial spent three days last week driving around the Orlando area naked as a jaybird. He came upon not one, not two, not three but seven different toll booths and exposed himself to the toll collectors. Now, in his defense, it's very difficult to find change when you're not wearing pants. And the heat and humidity in Florida must mean you stick to the seats, right? But I digress. Mark apparently forgot that each toll booth not only has a record of your license plate, but a picture. 
picture of you behind the wheel, which was used to identify him. Filial faces multiple charges of indecent exposure, was arrested and booked into the Osceola County Jail. For almost guaranteeing the front seats of your car need a deep cleaning, you, Mark <laughs> Anthony Filia, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Jump into the 6 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Cheese can kick it off. Well, if you have an iPhone and you haven't updated it recently, you might want to. Because Apple has issued a software update to address a critical spyware vulnerability. I did last so, night. Oh, you did? Good. Of okay, course. good. Judy? Um, I have a seven. I don't even think I get those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I get the message that says you're on your own. Well, uh, freshman Chicago Alderman Jim Gardner is under fire for alleged retaliation against critics and also using derogatory language against women. Calls for his resignation intensifying. And we're now hearing the FBI may be investigating Bruce. You know, the the decades old story about a well bad cop, retired detective Ronaldo Guevara. Took another expensive turn for City of Chicago taxpayers as two men are one step closer to a $20.5 million settlement regarding their wrongful, wrongful framing them for a murder in 1993. Wow. By the way, the city's paid almost $60 million to settle claims against police misconduct this year. Yeah. Whoa. It's a big number. Um, kids and covid it strikes me that a year ago, yeah, let's go back to a year ago, when we were certainly dealing with the effects of COVID, there was no vaccine. People were understandably concerned, scared. Mostly the elderly, older people were victims of this. They were the ones who were impacted. They were dying of it. Um you fast forward now, and while it's still dangerous for adults and older people, don't get me wrong, more and more kids are contracting COVID and being hospitalized to the point that children's hospitals uh, are filling up with COVID patients. It's yet not clear why. Is it because we went back to in-person schools, you know, and and uh, kids are in classrooms again and play, you know, wrestling on the playground or whatnot, you know, and and able to spread it amongst each other. But there's also some theories out there that is the Delta variant able to kind of break through. It's able to get into kids where maybe a year ago they were more resilient to it. Right. And also that, you know, they've been saying since day one that the Delta variant is much more contagious and easier to pass. If you're going to have a group of people, the best group to pass it around, it, it would be kids, right? Because yeah. you know, obviously adults and not them, you know, kids wear masks and they're being great, but they're kids. They're still kids. Yeah, they're still kids. And yeah. it's even hard for us sometimes, right? They to share remember? candy, remember? Oh, I'm not yeah. done with this piece. You want to finish it? Yeah, yeah. thanks. I appreciate it. Are you done with that gum? I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> it's still um, got some flavor yeah, uh, in it. Yeah, really. Oh. I mean, sometimes, you know, I forget to put my mask on. I, you, you know, you touch your face when you're like, ah, I should have washed my hands first. Whatever. Kids, come on. No. Times that by 100. They so, don't think like that. Yeah, that might be the the reason why as well. And it's, 
I got to think it's schools, right? Or, well, or, what or changed? Maybe That's what I'm trying to go. What yeah. changed? Well, and maybe when we when we thought we were getting back to normal, I think that may have changed too when the Delta variant was still kind back of in new restaurants, and we went were, back to events. Right. But we, we still have like this weird we, combination of it, though, don't we? Because I think we still had people, certainly over the summer, going on vacations. We were watching uh, football this weekend, whether it's college or professional. 60, 80,000 people packed into stadiums. I didn't see a lot of masks. Yeah. Children, you know, but right. mom, dad, and the kids go to the, go to the ball game, uh, baseball, et cetera, et cetera, right. that we are back out and about. Mm-hmm. So was it just going to be inevitable and natural that kids would become you part would of think, this? We, but how did they avoid it a year ago? They're not vaccinated because we, are you kidding? Think about the crowds you see today mm-hmm. compared to a year, to this time a year ago. There were no crowds anywhere. Yeah, like last... There was nothing. Last yeah. year at the Oakland Raiders, or the Las Vegas Raiders game, no fans. No fans. Right, right, right. Last right, right. night, yeah. 80,000 people, yeah. Right. No doubt. So yeah, we've op- we opened up the world again, and the ki- and they're not vaccinated, and they they spread things much quicker than we do. So it's, again, everything working towards that. We're doing pretty I, well in Illinois, and especially in the Chicago area, downstate, have seen pretty big spikes in shot in children in hospitals. Still, we're nowhere near like some states, but and, and actually the COVID numbers are getting better here in Illinois. Does overall. Would the image of and the I, 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 I use the term visual, but also the knowledge that kids are ending up in hospitals. The image of a, of a kid on a ventilator or a kid, you know, in a, in a hospital bed surrounded by doctors in those hazmat suits treating them for COVID. Would that change some people's minds towards this where it's not just the elderly in a, um, a nursing home, uh, who are dying at 88, you know, mm-hmm. they were going to die anyway. Uh, if it was your children or your grandchildren that were being impacted by it, would that, do you think that's the thing that would affect vaccination rates? Would that move some as of the people a, as a off parent, of it? I would say yes. I mean, I would like to think. Like I, what wouldn't you do for your kid, right? I put my kids first. Yeah, even above my health. It's just how I think. So, especially people who have younger kids. Yeah, I would have, you go to all costs to keep your kids safe. And that's what you do your whole, that's, when you're raising well, your kids, obviously that's what some you do. people aren't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just well, saying, obviously that's not because happening. Because we hadn't talked about the people who, the anti-maskers, as they're called, and they are very adamant about their kids not wearing masks. So, I mean, and that just also plays into how it's spreading so much quicker. Because now we have the kids that have been, are used to wearing the masks, right? They've been wearing them the whole time. Yeah. But it's, it's like you have to, it, right. they and took they, it just like, you got to wear socks. All right, yeah, wear kids socks. are great. They're resilient. But then you have the kids who weren't wearing a mask the whole time. Now they're back in school and they're maybe having to wear the mask. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully having to wear the mask. They're not, they're going to pull that mask down. They're going to, you know, it's just. It's not a habit no, for them. No, it's not. And. But if you also are in a household where they've taken up the mask or vaccine as some sort of a religion, I mean, at this point, am I to assume they put that ahead of the health and well-being of their child? Their, 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 yes, their belief, their philosophy right. on this is more important than the health of you know their kid possibly catching COVID. See, I mean, if I, you want to, I, I, I say this all along. If if you don't want to get a, I'm fine, and I'm fine. 
I, I have no empathy or sympathy for you catching COVID or dying. I, I'm sorry. I'm cold like that. I admit it. Yeah. Cold, dark heart. That's me. Yes. I don't. The kids who can't They're not get, looking at it like that. They're not saying, I don't care about my kids. They're saying, well, that's what I, I don't believe this is an issue. Yeah, but. But in their head, that's yeah, so bad. You, that you can believe so, the earth is flat, too. Right. I don't care. Yeah, you but, know, it, it, but it makes a difference. If that's what you believe, then you're not going to think that your child's at risk. Until of course it happens. Yeah, you're going to say I'm not putting my child at risk because I don't. This isn't even happening. Right. Despite the yeah. fact that so we have gonna, yeah. record hospitalizations right. of kids who are dealing with COVID, that this isn't happening. This isn't real. And we didn't have it a year ago. We did yeah, not have right. hospitalizations of children. This was not affecting young people like it is, is today. A majority of the children will be okay, but some won't. Some will be hospitalized, and there will be kids who will die. That's just the fact. And it won't be a, a huge number probably and hopefully. Fingers but crossed. someone's going to lo- someone's going to lose a child and you know it's you want so to take that to risk. I you know. I I've I've not about me. I I've, I've been around and dealt with children's hospitals before. And I I've seen how people react to sick kids. I've seen yeah. how people are are generous. How they uh, uh give the shirt off their back mm-hmm. to a kid who's fighting cancer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who who will donate money and and their time to uh, a, a hospital or an organization that's helping sick children, right? And you get to this, and you're like, well, you know, kids are ending up in the hospital because of COVID. I'm not going to do anything, you know. And I was like, I don't, I don't get yeah. that. I just don't get it. Are you, you know, would you drive by the kid on the side of the road who was sick? Nah, screw him. He probably yeah. did it to himself. You know, I'm just, it's not me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that way. I can't, I can't. I still try to help kids. And I, I wonder if, sadly, as more and more kids are impacted by this, does it change the calculus for some people? I would hope it does. But I, I, I say hope. I don't think it will. No, because I well, think and the these, vaccines for kids are getting it's getting November. Up. Yeah, November I hear possibly for under 12. But again, the people who aren't going to get it aren't going to get it. So, yeah. There's that. I uh, well, and again, thin the herd is my whole thing. I'm fine with it. Let's just thin the herd a little bit, man. There's just too many people around here. Hey, um, I am not for these plastic utensil bans, only because <laughs> all I use is plastic Ooh, utensils. And I'm all for it. So I ad- I admit, I am a uh, paper plate, uh, plastic cup. Plastic knife and fork kind of guy. I don't do, oh, what is that called again? Um, dishes. Yeah. Like, I've got a machine. It's right next to the sink. I don't know what it does. I don't it use it. It washes your dishes. No, I used to have one of those, and have. she moved out. So, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The Here clock's on the stove. Get the watch <laughs> off your wrist. That's right. I love Nick. Nick, I've never heard that in my life. I'm writing it down. Hold on a second. Oh my God. So I, uh, you know, as as the guy who's always lived by himself, I just, you know, plastic forks and knives. It's kind of what I do. And now, you know, with over the last year, year and a half, a lot of the takeout, the delivery, or whatnot, they give you the little uh, plastic thing. It's got a napkin. Mm -hmm. It's got a fork, a knife in In there, something like that. In a piece of plastic. In a piece of plastic. And I have a drawer. (laughs) I have a drawer full of them. I've got a drawer absolutely full of them, and they're fantastic. at, At least you're using them. I oh, mean, I do. Use I them. don't. I don't use them. So I. Oh, can you bring them in? 
Sure. Put them in a plastic sure, bag while yes. you're at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course I'll put it in a plastic bag. Can I get a ba- plastic bag full of little plastic bags? But the city of Chicago is apparently trying to infringe upon my right to use plastic. No, books. not at all. And Chicago restaurants would still be able to hand out the plasticware, but you'd have to ask. So, uh, they, so I they, think it's a great they, idea. So they're not going to just automatically put it in. You don't drop it in the bag. Uh, right. You have to say, you know, by the way, can I get a knife and a fork? Yeah, you know, do I really need a spoon with my shake? No, I mm. never do that. Do I need plasticware when I order a cheeseburger? Yeah, no. <laughs> but, you know, it's always there. I mean, I kind of appreciate <sighs> yeah. it. And then some places, you know, you get a, a handful. You just throw them in, right? <sighs> And Where you are know, those places? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're going to um, just make it, uh, you know, so you could still do it, but you're going to have to ask for the fork. They're not just going to automatically do it. Listen, I am not an anti-environmentalists you know i i i take my stuff down to the recycling bin you know what i'm saying i don't throw stuff out of the window of the car this is ridiculous though these these types of measures this is like the straw bands and things that do absolutely nothing and i i the bigger issue i have with it is when you start talking about things that sound ridiculous like this i think it it turns people who might even be you know kind of receptive to the idea like oh really my my plastic fork is the thing that's going to knock the planet off its axis come off when you have a billion plastic forks out there you know it's like listen i only use a couple hundred million a year okay so (laughs) let's get that out of the way how many do you you probably use five a day oh i don't it adds up i do not eat oh you you oh okay Maybe one. What about, it's like the plastic bags. I mean, it made a difference. I I have an entire drawer full of plastic bags now. Not me. I have paper bags from Mariano's, which I love. Good one. And I have my own bags. And you know what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you use to pick up Lucky's poop with there, Judy? Whoa. Oh, yeah. I use little plastic bags. Boom. Ah. You should be composting that poop. Actually, what can I do? Use your hand. Yeah, okay. What can I do? What can I do to pick? I guess I could use like a little scooper and just bring it home and yeah, kind of, okay, yeah, no. Well, I, I, I should I should I be um should I be at least uh, happy that that when it comes to the city council, they didn't ban them entirely because yeah, that, that was that was that was one of the proposals was right. no more right. Pla- you know, you go and you order the chili and they just hand you a thing of chili go Okay, Chris, so I'm going to drink it? Like, how does that work? Like, they weren't going to give you any utensils, you period. For this? Yeah, now that I- right? Edible forks. Okay, I like where a you're going. Fork with this. made out of crackers to okay. go with your chili. Okay, okay. That's Boom. a million dollar idea. Yeah. You are Make bri- it. Cheese, that's brilliant. <laughs> we could sell that at our Italy yeah. villa. Um, yeah, now that I think of it, I have, the last few times I've gone out to eat, I've had to ask for a straw. Yes. Yeah. So, and I just didn't even think of it. This, mm-hmm. I just thought they forgot the straw. And I, you know, why do I need a straw? I, but I'm so used to it. I, I guess I could drink out of the glass. I am actually drinking out of the glass. So who cares if I put my mouth on it, right? Okay. It's foreign to me to pick up the glass and and put it up to my lips. Right. I want a straw when I'm at a, a restaurant. Straw. I'm used to but straws. The last few times, are you I've drinking your beer and straw? wine through a straw? Is that how that oh, works? Is no. that... I have no problem putting my mouth all over a beer glass. Isn't that hilarious? Not a soda glass. Yeah, but, but if it's got tea glass. in it, oh my god, I'm not putting my lips anywhere near that thing. You know what? I've been wine. I practically eat the glass. I'm like, yeah, that's hilarious. Trying to so, understand the see, difference. See, these are. That. It's just about changing our bad habits. I don't, I don't think want, I, have a bad I don't habit. need and I don't want that, um, the plasticware. So I am happy not to get it. I get Until idea. the first time some, I order something and I and don't, don't have a it? fork Hell and I'm pay. somewhere Hell and I have to pay. use my hands. Oh. oh. 
Yeah. Try eating chili with your hands. Um, <laughs> Don't think I haven't, Bruce. I got an idea. Yeah. Mix mayonnaise in the can, in the tuna can. No, nope, hold on, hold on. Feed mayonnaise to baby tuna. Boom. Call Starkist. All right. <laughs> we are idea people around here, right? You like music? And time? you know, you, Bruce, you you are very environmentally concerned here because you're saving water by not having to wash. Hello. Said utensils. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I don't want that crusader. Wow. Thank you very much. I think destroying the environment is. A thousand times worse than using water. I'm not throwing plastic <laughs> forks into the lake. Well, I'm finding them there. Yeah. I stepped, on, mine. stepped on one at North Avenue they Beach. Mine. Your name all over. You threw it out your window and it landed on North Speaking Avenue Beach. Speaking of a fork to the tuna. Yeah. Oh, look oh, at that. Nick just one up all of us. Shout out to Nick. <laughs> It's a little blustery out there. That's a good thing. It's going to get warm and we might have some storms a little later. So just, uh, I, who am I kidding? There's always a chance of rain. There you go. And today actually it is true. There right. is a chance, chance of, of rain. rain. Chance of rain today. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, as the economy picks back up, that might be part of it. After a year or so of maybe working from home, that might be a part of it. After some industries just fundamentally changing how they operate. That might be part of it. A lot of people are in flux, looking for jobs, moving around. Um, and it's really... It, it's, Apparently deciding if they want to work anymore. Which, I, again, explain to me how that works exactly. I want to talk to some of you. Uh, joining us right now is Denise Graziano, an expert in transformational change. Good morning. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning, Judy. Hello. It's outstanding. Uh, it seems that maybe more than any time I can remember, uh, at least in my adult life, I hear more and more people talking about or actually changing paths in life. Some of them completely different careers. Is it, is it my perception or is that the reality? No, you're, you're absolutely right, Bruce. This has been a trend that really began over the course of the pandemic. People, when they were working from home, had time to reflect on what they valued, what they don't. And a lot of people have gone in completely different paths or they have just decided they want to do the work they did in a different way. So is there any, um, you know, any, um, what do I want to say here? Like, are people are are there groups of people doing the same thing though? I mean, is everyone just looking at their life and doing going this path and changing their job and oh, I'm going to just do this now and change my career? Or is it are people kind of heading towards the same goal? You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Are they? Are, is it just about their jobs? Is it about changing their life? Are they? Do, does everyone just want to not work anymore? Let's put it that way. Let's start there. I feel yeah. like whatever people's goals are, all of a sudden. It all not has working to do with, is high on yeah, the like, list. Or I, I've been working too hard. That's that's where I feel like everyone's starting. Well, I think that again, it's a mix of of opinions and um, whether or not they want to go back to the office, whether they want to stay at home and work. I really don't. I don't think that there is an across the board trend, but I do think that people have certainly had time to reflect on what they value, what they don't in their job. People make. Uh, decisions about where they work for personal reasons. 
Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, it all is like that, I suppose. And so everyone's kind of coming at this maybe a, a little bit different. If there are people out there right now thinking about this, are there are there strategies? How should you play this through? By the way, I'm taking notes. Go ahead. <laughs> How should you play this through? I always look at things from a leader's perspective, meaning that in between your business goals and your business results are your people. So as a leader, I need to make sure that I'm retaining the right people and having them in the right seats or I'm not going to hit my business goals. So that means paying attention to what's going on in your in your offices to find out if there are people who are flight risks who mm. want to make changes. That's really the key for companies is to pay attention to what's going on. How, how are, I love that term, by the way, flight risks. Flight, you're a flight oh risk, yes. Goodness. Thank you. We're going to put an ankle bracelet on you before you get out of the building. <laughs> uh, we're talking to uh, uh, Denise Graziano, an expert in transformational change. Uh, how can the leaders, how can the bosses, how can the companies retain people that are getting this, uh, <laughs> that are flight risk dangers? Well, it's, it's really about understanding how your teams work, understanding where they're coming from, if they have input about the company to take that to heart with this pandemic has kept companies in a perpetual state of change, which is never good. It's not good for anyone. It's not good for the employees. It's not good for the customers. And the the latest round of things happening with these vaccine mandates are just more change. And it really does matter how you're communicating with your employees, how you uh, you're engaging with them, making sure that you are taking steps to respond to the things that they value. So in the case of what we just spoke about, they're changing priorities. Maybe you do need to have more flexibility in mm. where you come, what days of the week you come to the office and so forth. It's not a good time for, for companies to be too rigid right now. They're going to, they're going to find yeah, that. Yeah, I think flexibility em- employees are, are not going to play that game right now. Right. But what exactly. are, what are employees seeking right now in this, at this time? What is it what that do they you want? want? Well, really? <laughs> what do they want? Well, see, now think about that. Right now, in some organizations, you have five generations of employees, people who are just getting started, people who have been working for 40, 50 years. They they have differing priorities. So there there must be a level of flexibility that didn't exist when, by and large, the the workforce was within 10 or 20, 25 years of each other. So there really does have to be flexibility in benefits, in benefits. when they come to work, if they have to take time off to take somebody who's an elder care situation or a child care situation. Denise, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. She's Denise Graziano, an expert in transformational change. And I think that there was an important piece in there, and I really like that, is understanding. And it's something that as a boss, the good bosses out there know that. You can't treat every employee exactly the same. Uh, some have different motivations. Some are at a different point in their career. Uh, and the idea that you can issue a blanket statement for you know, 180 employees or, you know, yeah. oh, 3,000 or whatever. Those days are long gone. And, and assume that everyone's going to get in line. Um, it, it's... It, and it was a it was a tough lesson I think for a lot of people to learn because I, I think that you could look at generations previous and there wasn't huge differences at least in the way they approached work right and careers people worked because they had to work well they, and the expectation it was about the paycheck right but the expectation was you were going to get a job uh, what you go oh, yeah you 
graduated high school, yeah. uh, went to college, uh, got married, uh, got a job, and then they gave you a 50-year watch, and you went and played golf. And so, uh, that, but that's mm-hmm. not the expectation anymore. And so, if you're still operating under the, 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 the person who just started at your company wants to work there for 10, 20, 30 years... I can tell you right now, they don't. Right. If you if you keep them for two or three, you might be lucky. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're not offended by it. You shouldn't be offended by it. They have no expectation of retiring at your uh, your your place of business. So don't hold them to that standard. Right. I guess. I mean, just think about you know now everyone has a 401k, but there used to be this thing called pensions. Everyone had a pension. People don't even know what that is. No. Like, Miranda's still going that right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Starts I, with so, a P. Yes, and <laughs> it's it's too bad that it has to happen so quickly for companies, but, you know, they've got, they've only had a year or so to think about this, and now they're going to maybe have a little bit more time, and they've got to pivot, and they, and maybe if that's If they want to hold on to employees, they, Yeah, right? well, and maybe that's what workers are waiting for, too. Let's see what this company is going to do. Let's see what they're going to offer. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of it. Although, although you know, when you when you start thinking about it, that there are still um, there are going to be some restrictions to to the movement out there, and there's going to be some hurdles that you're going to have to jump through. And you know, I think what's the, the word the, pivot is the one pivot, we yeah. say is that the reality is we're not done pivoting. There's right. going to be more pivoting. Right. I'll tell you, uh, you right know what now. I think one of the biggest things we're going to see is the flexibility with when it comes to ch- children. And to out taking care of an elderly parent, mm. I think that flexibility that was never there before. Right, you had to take you out know, unpaid time figure off. Figure it out. That is oh, figure it out, right? Or you know, this isn't the place for you. That's going to be one of the biggest things we see. Yeah, no, I, I think there's and a it's lot of a good thing. I mean, we've been fighting for that for years. As a woman, mm. I can tell you, as a mom, so good for those who now get to benefit from it. Hey, good morning. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. Have you ever wanted to know the future? We have, we have futurists joining us mm. at uh, 7 o'clock. Future. Coming up and just look. Futurists. Oh, I thought you meant a psychic at people that No, these are people that, that it's, it's an interesting profession. They use profession. real science to well, uh, and they, they it. it's They're thinkers, I guess you might might put it that way. Hmm. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not. But we have some futurists going to join us talking in just a little bit. So uh, I, I don't do a ton of grocery shopping. I will, I will admit to that. Uh, so it sounds a little odd to me. That people are insecure about their shopping choices to the point that we have people who put healthy items in their shopping cart (laughs) in an effort to not be judged for the amount of Captain Crunch and two liter bottles of soda they have in there. Let's just put some asparagus uh, somewhere around here. Uh, kale, don't even know what it is. Throw it in there somewhere. Are, really? People say they're doing okay. this now. 312-591-8900 if you do that. I would never do that. But I will say, when I do have the Captain Crunch in my cart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by the way, my favorite cereal. That's delicious. I actually, there is just a second there where I do have a little bit of guilt like, oh. This is so bad. That, that people I don't are, have any Raisin Bran or Chex Mix or whatever other. I don't even know what a healthy cereal is. Family cereal is going to be sugary. I, I've been. I'm living in. A, I'm living a lie. I'm living in a bizarre bubble. I'll admit it. When forty percent of shoppers say 
that they put healthy things in their cart to avoid being judged the checkout line. So my question is, do you end up buying healthy crap you don't want, or do you just get to the checkout line and you just like uh, right by yeah, the magazines? Leave it yeah. over right by the magazine in the gum. <laughs> I've never done that, but I've seen a lot of food there. Are you yeah. Now, then that is funny when I do see a shop because I I don't care what people think about my cart, but I do look at sometimes people's carts, especially when they have one item, a, a thousand of one item. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like their cart is filled with, you know, and it's probably something on sale, but like, you know, two liter bottles of Coke, like 90 of them or just, and it's an odd thing. So then I generally look and I do notice when people's carts are filled with a lot of healthy items because as we've talked about before, I hate those people. Try eating really healthy. It's expensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are the Crunch is cheaper. Although these days it might not be. I don't know. Five for five at Mariana's. You can't go wrong. So, uh, and that's, again, by the way, what you'll see in my cart. A look, lot of whatever's on sale. I'm just gleeful, uh, you know, when I'm not, I'm oblivious, <laughs> apparently, going through the grocery store. I'm oh, not paying attention. Oh, but everyone notices your plastic forks and your yeah, paper oh, plates. I buy, well, I go me. to the Costco and I get them in the, yeah. the, the, oh, the thousand yeah. pack. Yeah, I bet you do. I'm like, I need the, th- like, you got a restaurant? Yeah, my kitchen. Uh, okay, <laughs> don't worry about it. But I, I just, it never dawned on me that people were judging me by my, my amount of uh, oh, yeah. paper plates and You and walk by and they all shake their head. That's oh, good. That well, they should be shaking their head for a variety of other reasons but if that's the one they want to pick on that's fine although i did i unwittingly embarrassed myself at the grocery store the other day i did it by accident because i wasn't thinking this through so i was in arizona i was racing okay we use baby oil we have a, like a sprayer. We put it in a sprayer, use air pressure, and we, because I race on dirt, it keeps the mud off the car. The mud falls off the car. Okay, so we yeah. spray like the under parts of the car with baby oil to keep the mud off, right? So I, the guys are like, dude, we're out of baby oil. Okay, I, I gotta go get baby oil at the store. So I go, and since it's a bunch of guys that work for me, they uh, work for beer. So I ah. bought two cases of Bud Light and four bottles of baby oil. And I put it on the little conveyor thingy, you know? And it was right about the time that it got to the checkout lady. I was like, that looks weird. And <laughs> and she's just like, look, four bottles of it. Beep, beep, beep. And then when she got to the beer, she did it slowly and she looked at me. Beep. <laughs> beep. And I was like, <laughs> I honestly, so when I'm embarrassed, when I'm embarrassed, I try to make a joke and cover it. And I was just like, it's gonna be a hell of a party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know I what to say. say. I was gonna say like, yeah, oh hold on, I forgot the duct tape. I'll be yeah. right back. <laughs> <laughs> I bought them out of baby oil and picked up two cases of beer while I was at it. Nice. So, yeah. Did she yeah. slip you her digits? No, she no, 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 no. She I, <laughs> count me she in. Yeah. No part of that, Nick. She's like, I don't know what you guys are up to, but I'm, maybe she's telling this story now to her friends. So this Probably. idiot comes yeah. here. Let me tell you about this goofball. <laughs> Uh, oh buying baby goodness. oil and beer like it's going out of style. And by the way, when right? you walked, when you had that in your cart, everyone in the store also was like, yeah, and I wasn't paying attention. I just didn't. I didn't know. You were walking around with a smile on your I'm face. Like, Come on, let's go. <laughs> Got to get my. Uh, where, hey, where you guys put the baby oil in this place? All right, cool. I'll go over there. You know, I just didn't dawn on me that people use baby oil for something other than spraying on race cars. Yeah, I'm like, they use I it for everything. For. Other I have than the idea what they, what they use it for. Needless to say. <laughs> Hey, good morning to you. Happy Tuesday. We're going to jump into our 7 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Judy will start us off. Calls of a resignation intensifying for freshman Chicago Alvin Jim Gardner. 
He's under fire for alleged retaliation against critics as well as using derogatory language against women. Bruce? Taxpayers on the hook again as the city of Chicago has offered over $20 million settlement to two men who say a ex-Chicago PD detective framed them for murder. It goes to city council and they have to accept the money. Mm, Man, if you have an Apple iPhone and you haven't updated it recently, you might want to do it today because Apple has issued an urgent iPhone software update to uh, address a critical spyware vulnerability. So, got it. Update your phone. I'm doomed. Yep. Phones in and of themselves. Think about that. Think about how quickly uh, in our lifetimes phones have evolved and went from, you know, a rotary dial hanging on the wall in the kitchen to. This computer we carry around in in, in our pockets now. Um, I'm fascinated by futurists. So I'm really excited that we are joined right now by two futurists, Chunka Mui and Paul Carroll, who have uh, a new book out called A Brief History of a Perfect Future, Inventing the World We Can Proudly Leave Our Kids by 2050. Both of you, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So help me understand a little. Maybe we should start with a good definition of futurist. Like when you're sitting around a co- uh, you know, a cocktail party, people go, so what do you do? You go, I'm a futurist. And then they look at you with a blank stare. How do you answer that question? Chunka, <laughs> why don't you start with that? Well, there, I'll answer by what we don't do. We don't try to predict the future. Um, what we do do is we try to envision the kind of future we can have and help our clients and our audience aim for it. So you're talking about, and that's kind of in the title of your book, if I understand correctly, what is it that we need, what is it we want, and then work backwards? Okay, how do we invent that? Absolutely, absolutely. Because we can meander in a lot of different directions based on the technology and the tools we have. Or we can say, what kind of future do we want to actually build and work backwards from that and, and apply those technologies. So, I mean, you're, you're obviously you're working with what you have, right? Or what you think we, we could invent in the next few years. I mean, because when you say you're not, um, you know, predicting the future, but in a way you are. Well, we're, we're, we're predicting the technology because we can look at the last 50 years of, of technology and understand what the trends are. So we know what capabilities will arise in 30 years. We know what the building blocks are, but the building blocks aren't the buildings. The building blocks are what we hmm. can build based upon our own creativity and imagination and science and technology. Chunka, I want to be uh, Judy Jetson. Will I? Uh-huh. Do you envision that? <laughs> and by 2050, She's very I, disappointed the Jetsons hasn't come to life. Will yes. I have a hovercraft in 2050 is what I want, is my question. Well, yes, you could have a hovercraft because the Woo! technology will be entirely possible. What we have to figure out as a society is, do we want to give you one? And if we give you one, how do we manage the fact that, you know, 100 million people will have them? Interesting. See, do you see why That's I like futurists? You yeah. see why I like it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Carroll is is with us as well. And, and Paul, what, what do you guys, as you envision this world, this 2050, the world we leave our children, what are the big challenges they're going to face? Again, with this concept of working backwards, what is technology going to need to deal with over the next 20, 30 years? Well, there are loads of things. I, I was thinking as you were talking about your phone that, 
there's a joke in the industry uh, energy world about how if Alexander Graham Bell came back and looked at the phone, he'd say, holy smokes, this is doing really well. I can't believe how small it is, how uh, how people use it so differently and so forth. But if uh, Thomas Edison came back and looked at the electric grid, he'd say, yeah, that's about how I, I left it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So true. No change. <laughs> and yeah. why wow. is that? Why is that? Well, it, it's big. It's really complex. It sort of grew uh, organically. I mean, it, it started out with Thomas Edison uh, setting up a, a plant in downtown Manhattan to serve a few manufacturing facilities near there. And what we're trying to say is that when you're thinking about 2050, as Chunka said, you can meander your way toward it, or you can say, oh, in the future, I'm going to have nearly free solar power. I mean, certainly by today's standards, uh, nearly free wind. I'm probably going to have modular nuclear plants. I may have fish and I may have all these other things. So take those, look into the future and then start designing the grid now so that when we get to 2050, it can accommodate all these things rather than getting to 2050 and say, oh, this is really cool. Now what? You know, I, when you say it, by the way, it sounds simple. It sounds obvious. It's obviously not, you know, and 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 isn't part of the problem getting, uh, I guess you'd say, the decision makers to buy into that vision as well and to understand and plan for the long term? Because it seems that I don't want to call it just human nature, but, but we all seem to kind of just deal with the things that are right in front of our face. We tend to. And that's why we think uh, issuing this sort of challenge is a useful thing, especially if we can tell people that your phone is going to be a million times as powerful and one millionth the cost in Oof. 2050. So start thinking about that. Your mouth to God's <laughs> ears. <laughs> or to Apple's ears anyway. Although I'm sort of like Judy. I have kids who uh, updated my phone last night, my iPhone. But other than that, I'd be Wow. Okay. So and- they're, they're, for instance, with electricity, there's a really interesting issue because the grid has been designed sort of top-down, right? The, the, the way you extend electricity is you run another line out to a subdivision or whatever. But increasingly, you're going to be able to build what people are calling microgrids, where you start from the little thing and build out. You put in solar, uh, maybe someplace that has no grid. You put in a wind turbine, and then you get a battery. And you sort of build out from that, and that thing can be almost independent from hmm. the grid. But this sort of top-down and bottom up need to meet by 2050 and the more we can get people experimenting now with how that's going to work the better off we'll be 30 years from now but you know what i always feel like technology is stymied by these fat cats who just want to make money <laughs> and sometimes you know technology i'm in favor of making money by the yeah, way I well, just I going the record. It, but, you know I, I think i heard you earlier say free electricity you know what i mean it's sometimes how is it ever going to get how, yeah. who's, how are they going to give up the uh yeah, the, 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 franchise, the franchise if you will the yeah good of the you know the betterment of society i feel like they stymie it on purpose because it might not be the most you know Ch- financially but you know thing to do chunka is 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 competition and innovation the way to get around that competition and innovation is absolutely the way to get around that though so we have to set the right rules for competition but but i think there's a clear uh example of someone who is uh, bucking the status quo and is almost the richest person in the world right because we have to deal with climate change because we have to transition from gas-powered cars to electric cars elon musk is yeah. one of the richest people in the world it's not the richest and tra- the reason we have to move 
to electric cars is because uh, gas-powered cars represent a, a big percentage of carbon carbon emissions. Right. But it's only 8%. Uh, wait, we're talking about land. Yeah. So 8% uh, Tesla is worth more than the rest of the uh, automotive industry combined because they have 1% market share of a vastly grown market. Got it. So what we're going to... What we're going to have is we're going to have great opportunities. We have to point people in the right direction. And the innovators, like Elon Musk, are going to see that. And in some ways, we just have to get out of their way. Okay, just wait. Lastly, you guys, yes or no, bring back the woolly mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you the same answer, Judy. We can, but do we want to? Oh, there you go. All yeah, right. that's kind of right. Uh, over there. Fair enough. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Hello, <laughs> hello. That's what I said. Has no one seen Jurassic Park? You guys yeah. just don't have the vision. Come thank, on. Thank you both. Seriously, it's always fascinating, and I appreciate the the conversation. To futurist Chunkamui and Paul Carroll, their new book, A Brief History of a Perfect Future: Inventing a World That We Can Proudly Leave Our Kids by 2050. Thank you both, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Outstanding. So, I, I mean, it, but it is a mindset, I'm be able isn't to fly it? my phone to the moon. That's what I'm thinking. But it's a mindset. Where Where do we want to be in 2050? Okay. How do you How do you get there? And yeah. you know, you can make an argument that Elon Musk said, "Well, where do we want to be with cars in 2030?" And he started 15 years ago, going, "I right, I'm going to work backwards." I, you know, this is where we're heading. You know, one I, person though. That, my point was, why Why isn't everyone doing it? Right. Well, this is a great idea. Great not ideas. everybody. Yeah, might not be the most profitable ideas. Well, yeah, so you, you know, it, uh, what do they say? Uh, I just want a uh, hovercraft. I don't think I'm asking for much. <laughs> Pioneers get a lot of arrows in their chests. Keep that in mind. You know, uh, you know it is not always easy. By the way, I've been easy. watching Mandalorian, so that's why I'm obsessed with hovercraft. Apparently, so yes. Understand. Just we're turning her on. Don't worry, we're going to get her to Star Wars next, guys. We're, we're one step at a time, baby steps. Joining us right now, he's our political analyst, Pat Brady. Pat, good morning. Morning, guys. How you doing? Excellent. Thank you for joining us. You know, we had an interesting conversation, and and I've heard a lot of the the back and forth about Mayor Lightfoot's new plan to sue gang members to take their assets in a way to reduce crime in some way, shape, or form. It sounds like the the federal RICO laws and uh, how we've gone after like drug cartels or mafia kingpins. How does that apply? And as a former federal prosecutor, I'm assuming you know these things on a, on a local level. Uh, like, will it work? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. It's funny you say that. About 25 years ago, I went to the gang leader. I did white collar when I was with the feds and had kind of had the same idea. But the, the, the idea is that you take away the motivation to be a gang member. You take away the assets. And there is a broad, you know, there, you just mentioned the federal RICO statute which has all these forfeiture provisions, which means they can take your, your assets if you use those assets in the, in, uh, when you're doing the crimes. Ill-gotten gains, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and proceeds of the crime, it's kind of technical, but the reality is, I'm sorry to be such a broken record here, there is a state RICO statute, and it had, we had a prosecutor that actually wanted to prosecute. She could use that RICO statute by what the mayor's trying to do. Now, that being said, what the mayor's trying to do has been tried in some suburban areas with, with you know, kind of limited success because the reality is gangbangers don't operate in the economic ecosystem we do, meaning you know, when you go buy your eight ball, you don't Venmo the gang members. <laughs> they, they, or, bank accounts and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good hey, argument. You quick pay me that, yeah, you know, a thousand bucks. And then the problem is 
even if you get a judgment and you file a civil suit and you're, they don't show up to court, which they typically don't, and you're successful, you need to be able to identify the assets with certainty mm. that you're going to see. So you can't go to a, a bank account of a gangbanger and, and take the money. It's really hard to find those assets. That being said, I applaud her efforts. Do everything you can to disincentivize gang activity. Okay. But it sounds like, and I'm with you on that, but it sounds like in this case, it's, it might not be Window worth it. Window dressing. Yeah, it's it, do something that's going to have an impact. If if we're going to go through all the trouble and go to court and do and then end up with nothing, what's the what was the point? Well, I think you got to fight the war on all fronts. Again, if we if you get Kim Fox to actually prosecute these cases as Rico's, you'd have a very potent weapon to do this. But I I I, I can't criticize her for, for trying this because maybe you do have some success. Now, this is just a proposed ordinance, and uh, the American Civil Liberties Union. Union yesterday was objecting to this, and Ed Yonka, who runs that, is a smart guy and knows it better than anybody. So let's see if this even gets through. But I do believe disincentivizing gang activity through taking away the, the money and the reason they do it is probably probably not a bad idea. But that being said, there's politics in everything that people do, and this there is certainly a political element to it. Well, yeah. Pat, but is this what they do in the suburbs when we see those cars that ride around and say, you know, basically, I got this from a drug dealer? The cop the, cars that the they, cops, they, they yeah, paint on like them? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the you know, Dodge Charger and, you know, the revved-up cars? No, what it is, that is, there's been, forfeiture has been around since the old English common law. Basically, they can take your assets. If, if you're involved in crimes, they can take your assets away that are, you know, that were. In, so if you if you put a, a a roach clip in a car back in the old days, they could forfeit that car because right. that car was used in the commission of a crime. That's what you're seeing there. And the state's attorney's office for decades has had a forfeiture unit that has forfeited assets. And those are the kind of the things you see that the, the federal government does this all the time, particularly in white collar cases. I think the whole cases the whole fraud section was to a great extent funded by right. by, by forfeiture don't get me don't get me started on civil forfeiture yeah, it why, drives me nuts why is it <laughs> is cook county doing it they are but this is yeah they are but not in the in the context that that mayor lightfoot's talking about it. they do okay. it in more in drug cases more in car cases but there is a and this statute is probably 25 years old here the, the rico statute where you could do these all-encompassing racketeering influenced corrupt organization kind of indictments and there's you know use the forfeiture provisions that being said it, it is there are certain certainly a lot of problems and, and bruce you touched on it with forfeiture a lot of people don't like it yeah i'm one of them the, yeah i'm one of them well then don't, don't leave your roach clip in the car yeah. and you'll be fine yeah the problem is is huh. it was being abused needless to say <laughs> yeah. we're talking to pat brady political analyst about the uh, the concept of going after the the gang members Assets again might be really hard to prove, hard to find, but doing something. Can we pivot for a second, Pat? Because I also wanted you to be able to weigh in and maybe dumb down the whole Comed Exelon clean energy bailout bill that's going on right now, and convince me that this isn't just you know we talk about we talk about a uh, 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 criminal gang. <laughs> Somebody's shaking me down for seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. Hey, in interest of full disclosure, I, I, I represent one of the largest solar developers in the state. But that right. being said, this this bill has been percolating for a couple of years, and um, I'll give you both sides of it. The Exelon Comad that has nuclear power plants here that they threatened to shut down unless they readjusted the rate structure to allow them to charge more to rate pairs, which is the seven hundred million you're, you're talking about. Yeah. The flip side of that now is that green energy, renewable energy, uh, is now. Uh, intertwined with 
the entire energy. It's part of the energy portfolio. So there are provisions in this to uh, produce more green energy, allow more opportunity for green energy, subsidize more green energy in the state of Illinois. Now, if you're on the uh, Republican or the conservative side of the ledger, you're like, this is a bailout. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Company. Uh, but if you're on the other side, you say, hey, this is a green energy bill. Uh, this is good for solar development. This is good for wind development. This is good for the state. And the, and the long-term goal that the governor set is to be completely carbon neutral, uh, I think 2040, I think, to date. So those are the, the two arguments. Republicans say it's a bailout. The Democrats say this is a, a move towards green energy. Uh, governor Ed, uh, Pritzker will run on this next time around saying you know, he's the green energy governor. This is a very comprehensive, probably the most in the country, and we're probably first in the country on this, uh, green energy bill. So, my, my problem with it, Pat, is I'm all in favor of nuclear energy, by the way. You want to talk about clean and and and, and solar, wind, I'm, I'll, I'll go there. Yeah. I just don't like the idea that, that basically ComEd, um, it's like we, we're negotiating with terrorists. They're threatening to shut the darn... Uh, shut we're down, we're yeah. just going to shut them down if you guys don't come up with 700 million bucks. So why don't we call their bluff? You know what? You, you do what you got to do. Well, the, the, the call on the bluff would have meant that they shut these plants down, which they were going to start yesterday. In fact, they did it, you know, it, they did it the last minute. You shut those down, you, there's thousands of jobs that are going to be lost. And in this state, in this bill had kind of bipartisan support. Labor is very, uh, private sector labor is very powerful. And they came to the table and said, you can't let these plants shut down. This bill, I, your, your arguments, Bruce, that you're making, this is what you're going to help here during the campaign going yeah. forward. Just what the argument you're making. The other side is going to be the, the green energy side. The, the, okay. the needed to get this done. So that, that that's that's where it is. It's kind of one of those pieces of legislation that if everybody's mad, it, it may it, not have been a bad. It, bill. it has some yeah. balance to it. Fair yeah, enough. Right. Fair enough. I needed hey, the bad to get to the good. Yeah, Pat. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. Time, guys. See ya. He's Bye. our political analyst, Pat Brady, uh, making some sense of some of the machinations going on in and around here. But it does feel like a shakedown, doesn't it? it was yeah. a shakedown. Yeah, some nice, uh, but... nice nuclear power plants you got there. Be a shame if somebody shut them down. <laughs> You want well, green? You're going to have to give us some green. They're all over the the time span. I mean, they all should have been shut down like 20 years ago. They're past. Yeah. What because they need we to talk about new, is building new ones. Right, we haven't right. built a new nuclear power plant in this right. country in 30, 25, and 30 why, years. I don't know. It's, I, it's I'm ridiculous. with you. I'm with. I'm all for nuclear power. It it you light the world up with that thing. Don't you dare worry. You know, the, the Pando, in many ways, has changed habits for a lot of people. You were talking about your second favorite son uh, and how he uh, wears sweatpants all day, his hair's standing on end, you know, that he's working, if you will, from home. And I don't think he's hardly alone in that sense. Oh, a lot gosh, of people no. have changed their grooming habits, if you will. You're seeing a little more beards. You're seeing a little... Did, what, did you see uh, Aaron Rodgers' hair? What, Aaron Rodgers can't get a haircut? <laughs> He had the hair sticking out under his his his, uh, his helmet. You but there know? was a time where the salons were not open, and we were cutting hair in the backyard. When was that? In the midst of the pandemic, when everything oh, was shut recently. down. Recently, you're not talking yeah, about no. like back in the 30s no, 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 before no, no, we no, had no, salons. No. They so cut we were, hair in the you know, backyard. We were pulling the bowls out and doing the. Oh my god! I, I, my what mom, you, the my owner mom of the was a hairdresser. So I actually have some, um, and I cut hair in college. Really? For money, yeah. So you have a skill for this? Sort of. You know, guys let me cut their hair, and it was mostly guys. Girls wouldn't let me touch their hair. Now you but tell so me. We d- I know, I cut my hair it's myself for the last hard. year. Yeah. So, and a lot of people have been cutting their own hair. Well, and so because of this, and, and because of the need to not necessarily 
get dressed up. I, I, I found this, and I had I had a friend. <laughs> she said, I, I don't know how to do my hair. I'm going out. You know, we're getting dinner. Get dress up. I forgot how to do my hair. Right. I've, I've been having it in a button for so long. You know, I've just been pulling it back, and you're probably not alone. Well, and not only that, it, everything like who I haven't bought a new outfit in I don't know, know how long. Why would I? Okay, even though right, I come but, to work, but yeah, right. you got for you two clowns. No, forget no. it. Well, yeah, but so <laughs> think bonkers. of most a lot of girls who generally you know you buy new stuff. You're going out, so that even adds to it. So am I gonna? Can I? Can I throw this in there? And this is not just the girls. So I'm not picking on them. Are you gonna fit in all those old outfits? Ooh. Is that part of the problem? That's not the girls, Remember really? the freshman yeah. 10? I think yeah. we got like the yeah. Pando 20 no. going on right now. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of people you might find their outfit. clothes are a little mm-hmm. snugger. Than, well, that's why everyone's in sweatpants, I'm yeah. going to assume. Yeah. But right? if you don't have to shower or <laughs> shave or change, why would you? I still do, even if on I don't weekends? have to. On weekends, don't you kind of yeah. lounge around? Yeah. So it's a weekend. In that respect, for a lot of people. And it's been a weekend for quite some time. Miranda? I refuse to do my hair for you guys anymore at this point. It just goes up into a bun. We don't notice the difference, quite honestly. I'm going to tell you. I thought you were calling me out with this segment. (laughs) No, this is not about you. I wasn't mad at you. I promise. (laughs) So I I used to take a shower every day. Now, I take a shower every other day. Because really, why do I need to shower every day? And it's mostly for my hair. <laughs> I don't. I take a shower it. every day. It's a habit, yeah. I guess. I, I don't. Yeah. It's routine. I used to, but now I've even, and I'm still going to work. But I'm even because everyone, no one else is showering. Why should I? But I will tell you because Who are these people that shower. Oh, everyone. <laughs> really? Every yeah. But maybe I, it's because I'm wearing a mask. I can't smell them. Yeah, I guess maybe girl, that's why. <laughs> it's about my hair. I don't want to wash my hair every day. All right. I guess yeah. I could shower, but why? Hey, let's go to uh, Pontiac, and we've got Roger on the line. Roger. Do you know the two songs that Cheese scrambled up for us? Hey, Good Looking and You're Cheating Hard by Hank Williams. Uh, I was going to say, I was worried the Hey, Good Looking. I was like, slow down, Roger. Barely even know you. But yes, you are correct. Uh, hey, Good Looking and You're Cheating Hard. Hank Sr. Uh, there, not Bo Cephas. Uh, Hank Sr., the OG. Congratulations, Roger. You are a winner. You got yourself uh, uh, four tickets to go see Grateful Dead at Wrigley Friday night, live music is back. Hope you enjoy it and have a great time. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. You have a great day. Outstanding. Little Hank Sr. It's, it goes back to, yeah, when you have to listen at 530 yeah, to yeah, get yeah. all the Hank Sr. references or so. It was really good, though, I, I would mind you. Uh, you can listen to it back on the podcast. I really hate setting it up like that because they're going to listen to it and go, that was hardly <laughs> worth it. going worth through. And a happy Tuesday to you. We're going to jump into our 8 o'clock hour, take a look at the big stories that people are talking about. The city of Chicago is offering up over $20 million in cash as a settlement to two men who say that an ex-Chicago PD detective framed them for murder Mm. jeez well if you have an iphone and you haven't updated it recently you might want to do that as apple issues an urgent iphone software update to address a critical spyware vulnerability so do it now judy chicago alderman jim gardner accused of retaliating against critics and also using derogatory language against women now some of his constituents and some city leaders want him gone 
So uh, one of the one of the great things about being being down here in the downtown area is there's so many interesting, cool, different things to do, and these different exhibits. You know, I mean, if I had a chance to do the Van Gogh one, but that was really cool. Right, nice. check that out, and you know, Teatro Zanzani, these live shows like this, and uh, and then just the other day, uh, went and checked out the Banksy exhibit. That's happening right over here, just a couple blocks from yeah. here, right? Um, how would you describe Banksy cheese to someone who knows nothing about art? Um, a graffiti artist on steroids hmm. with okay. a message. Yeah, a, a political message yeah. in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, and, I'm not that familiar with Banksy. So. Yeah, and and doesn't um, doesn't conform to the art world norms. Might be a yeah. Might be an understatement of biblical proportions, <laughs> quite honestly, when you're talking about Banksy. Joining us right now, though, someone who is steeped in Banksy is Vicente Fusco uh, with the Banksy exhibit and Banksy auction. Good morning, Vicente. Good morning. How are you? Uh, did we do a decent job of, of uh, uh, trying to describe Banksy's art to the uninitiated? You guys were spot on. I should be interviewing you. <laughs> oh, you're very kind. Yeah. Uh, you know, it really is interesting, though. And I got to tell you, uh, as many of his pieces that I'd seen going through the exhibit here in Chicago, I saw a lot of stuff that I'd, I'd never seen before to the point that, and you got me, I bought the coffee table book as well. Got to have the book. Got to have it out there. And and just was really fascinated by by some of that work. Talk to me a little bit about the exhibit. What can people expect? Okay, well, basically what we have here is something that's pretty unique. Um, if one was to go out to the world, to the, you know, to the wilderness and to the massiveness of street art in itself, and you wanted to go see Banksy's, you'd have to travel to a lot of cities around the world. Uh, so what we've done here is we have 100% authentic Banksy artworks gathered in one single space so the public can just come in, have a great time, and see them at once. It's a pretty unique opportunity to see Banksy's uh, up close and personal. Because I think, and again, to just to help the unin uninitiated, so much of Banksy's artwork, he like literally spray painted on the side of buildings or uh, you know, did, did, did this kind of performance pieces where they existed in the public space, but he did it all over the world. You know, it's not like he just did, he didn't graffiti up one neighborhood. He, he did this all, all the corners of the earth, right, Vicente? Uh, absolutely. And he, he, and he's doing it still. So yeah. I, I think that's part of his genius, right? Like every once in a while you, you, you see in the news, uh, oh my God, this painting, uh, the, this graffiti shows up in Paris, for example. And, it, you know, a few hours later, Banksy will, will say, that's mine. So he has, he has a website where he, um, you know, where, where he kind of says, yes, that was me. And, and under that statement, everybody, um, assumes that it's his work. Yeah. But also, I mean, he, he's had a very extensive career where he's done prints and he's done, um, artworks in, in smaller frames and, and he sold these to art collectors around the world. And that's the exhibit that we have. We have over yeah. 20 art collectors that have bought these pieces throughout their career. And uh, this is the amazing opportunity that we had. 
and we put these pieces together. It's over 90 artworks that we have in Chicago right now. So that was my uh, next question. Of the show. And that was my question. Like, I was wondering if you showcased what he puts out in the public by what, like taking a picture of it or, but no, you're saying you're showcasing art that he has created outside the public eye. Absolutely. We're not, we're not really, I mean, the fact that he has graffitied art around the world in public spaces, we believe that's where it should be, right? Because that's part of the, that's part of the art in itself. These are pieces that are framed that have been bought uh, mm-hmm. or auctioned right around the world throughout his career that uh, legitimately belong to art collectors. And what is uh, what is unauthorized? I mean, you call it an unauthorized show. We call it unauthorized because it's it's it is no collaboration with Banksy himself. So we just that, it needs to be clear that this is not a collaboration with the, with the man or the artist because, you know, maybe you guys know, but I don't know if he's a man or a woman. Or, or <laughs> Nobody's seen a picture. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not sure. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's an Im- important part to bring up. Oh, for people yeah. People who aren't Banksy familiar. Is completely we, Nobody knows anonymous. who he is. Yeah. No he or one she has, is. Yes. And he's exactly. well, What's your best guess, though? Now I'm intrigued. Well, of who it is? Yeah. I have no idea. A man, a woman? A man who lives in London. Hmm. That's my guess. I mean, whoever oh. he, she is, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a very particular artist, mm-hmm. a, a pop icon in my view. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and, and what always amazes me is in this day and age, how can you manage to be anonymous? There is that. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. But he has to work really hard to stay anonymous. You know, there's a a piece of of art, uh, a Banksy piece, that that even people who might not be aware of it in general might be aware of this one. About three years ago, uh, one of his framed pieces of art went up for sale. And it was, uh, this was the, uh, the girl with balloons. It's just a a girl with a red balloon, heart balloon, right? And as right. soon as the the how much did that sell for at auction? I believe I believe it was going for a million. Yeah, and when it shredded, because it did shred. Once they said sold, the piece shredded halfway. Yes. So and the minute that the, happened, I believe it doubled its value immediately. Yeah, the wow. gavel, the gavel bang sold one million dollars, and as soon as that happened, there was a paper shredder inside the frame, and it started to shred itself right as the gavel came <laughs> down. Well, that piece is going up for sale. The, the it's half shredded, if you will. Yeah. And what? I think, yeah, you say doubled. They're saying it could go for up to six million now. Three oh, years yeah. later. Now, now it's gone. Yes. Now now it's going really, really up. Yeah. You're right. It's gone up for sale again just this week or last week. Yeah. Is it is it in your collection? Can we see that one? No, no? can't see okay. that one. Wow. I wish it was, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> Vicente, thank you for your time. Best of luck with uh, with the Banksy exhibit. The Art of Banksy is at three sixty North State Street. Is where you can uh, you can you can check it out. Go to banksyexhibit.com and get your tickets. It is really fascinating. We appreciate your time today, Vicente Fusco.
happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Outstanding, yeah. And, no, I got to go. I just looking at these images, it's incredible. It it's is. Incredible. It is. You know, I, you know, it has a touch of Andy Warhol to it. Yeah, he takes very a lot of, much. Takes a lot of pop culture yep. type images, logos, and he, he twists them. He turns them. He certainly has a a political lean to things. Yeah. He has a, an opinion. I guess so you'd say. varied. It's black and white, and there's colors, and there's. You Did know, you see the one with and, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse? Ugh. Holding hands with the the little girl from Vietnam, yeah, that was you know the Agent Orange came down oh, and the she's naked, yeah. oh really Minnie Mouse no. they're holding hands and they're yeah that's the girl in the middle it's it's amazing powerful yeah, yeah. very powerful, very powerful. Wow. Yeah. wow but the whole the whole shredded picture that's phenomenal what a it was a, this great prank on the art world where basically Banksy was was and later came out and said you know this is how ridiculous this is. And I'm going to show you how ridiculous it is by shredding it as soon as you buy oh, it. And then it doubled in value. Yeah. More. Yeah. Yeah. So it uh, went for a million originally. It's going back on the auction block. The half shredded, uh, uh, where, where literally the shredder was built into the frame. Yeah. Uh, expected to go for about six. I love this guy million. or girl. It's amazing. Or whoever Banks he is. Or child. Whoever yeah. Banks he is. That's the, uh, it's the biggest Completely part of the anonymous. draw. Yeah. But uh, the exhibit's still going on right over there. 360 stage. What is that used to be, the building there? Uh, yeah, Broadcast uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, broadcast that's it. It still says that on the side oh, of the building. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the all... building. Yeah, yeah. There. I'm Everybody still there. Knows. You know yeah. what that is, all right? Illinois Broadcasting Museum. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Something went somewhere, but it's kind of interesting. Do vacations get worse the older you get? <laughs> Was it just like work? Oh, we got to go somewhere. 40% of adults say they get less joy out of vacations than they used to. And I mean, I think some of it is responsibility. And the responsibility changes. I, I use this as an example. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, even in the midst of everything that's going on, that their work is consuming. And they have a high volume of work and they've uh, emails and meetings and whatnot. And when you go on vacation, none of that stuff stops. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And so you're either working on your vacation, so it's not real vacation, or you come back. I used to do this. I would come back and my desk would be piled with stuff. I'd have 1,100 emails in my inbox or whatever. And I used to tell people, I go, I don't enjoy my vacation because I can't stop thinking about what's waiting for me when I show back up Monday vacation. morning. Vacation? No, right. you can't even call it that. You know what else people have been doing during this pandemic? They go on vacation, they go somewhere, but they don't even take the days off. They go to Michigan to their summer home. And they just work there, but that's their vacation. Mm. But they're not even taking vacation days, so now they're obligated to work. No, you should leave your. And I get it. If you, you know, you might want to check it once a day. Set aside one half hour to check your emails. But when you're on vacation, it should be vacation. I am a firm believer in that. I hate people who go on vacation and work. So when you were a kid, I, you know, vacations were obviously different when we were kids because it was an uh, adventure. Oh, yeah. I it was a vacations. huge adventure. Yeah. I don't care if we were in the car, you know, driving to uh, Wally we were World. always in the car. Or, you know, wherever we were going, whether it was somewhere with snow or a mountain or Disney World or the beach or whatever. I mean, there was a, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but travel has certainly changed. 
especially flying. And I got to believe that mm. that the way we remember vacations used to be better, some of it has to be also because it is a pain in the you-know-what to mm. fly these days. Yeah. I mean, I took a vacation, and I purposely did not fly because I just didn't want to. I you know, was right in the midst of COVID still and, you know, spring break. And so I drove to, remember, Florabama. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was more, you had to make more conscious decisions. It's not just like, all right, we're going to the Dells, pack it in and let's go. You've got to think about it and oh, well, how many, and is there a limit? Do you have to wear a mask? You, it's, you yeah. guys with kids, okay, you've help just me ruined this. vacations. I'm ruining for them me. all. You guys with kids have to help me out with this. Um, have vacations gotten more expensive? It seems like oh. there's like an arms race. Uh, and, and, you know, if the neighbors did blank, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like vacations have to be expensive, a destination over the top almost. It depends where you go. Okay. I, I do, and I always have when the kids are little, we always rented homes. So we, our vacations weren't that expensive because we'd rent the home and then, you know, it's a house. Yeah. We'd make dinner every night and we didn't really go out to restaurants and we didn't go places. When you rent a house on a lake, that's your vacation for the week. I mean, mm-hmm. and that was the purpose of our vacation. Go to the lake house and stay there and swim and boat and read and, you know, you don't need to go to any of these. Now, when you go to Disneyland, uh, oh, that's got to be a fortune. Yeah. I took uh, my son a year before the pandemic, to Disney World. Disney World. So between two days at the Magic Kingdom and, you know, the... Got it. And then we went to Universal, which is right next door. Epcot. Uh For that week, with the hotel, probably spent about $2,000. Right, right. Because Disney is so expensive. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, this isn't one of those, back in my day, you know, yeah, there no, was only no. a nickel to go to a movie theater. Yeah. Like, I just think it's more expensive in general. Because I, I think about the vacations we took as a family. And I just don't remember them being... And I'm a kid. Don't get me wrong. Maybe I'm, 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 but it just wasn't no. as lavish and opulent as I see vacations yeah. Oh, yeah. looking you, like now. You got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch if you were driving somewhere for the Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Now you we stopped, never stopped and you ate. Stopped it or you stopped at no, a restaurant now. We didn't and, stop. You and know eat. the kids today. Uh, they're we had a savvy. cooler. We yes, uh, a little a cooler. Like an igloo exactly. cooler with a little slide the top, right. and we get sandwiches in <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't even pull over a lot of times. We just drove straight through, so we, there was no hotels. We were sleeping in the back seat, mm-hmm. all three of us. We had a station. I remember we, we so we had a neighbor that had the wagon family truckster oh. with the wood paneling, yeah, you know everything those. on it. Yeah. It might have even had the 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 sunroof in the back of the the station wagon, one of those old school like Oldsmobile Buicks yeah. had those, I think. Mm. And my, I remember this because you have know, remember things as a kid, and I was having this conversation with my mom. You remember things weirdly. I was like, we had that station wagon. You know, like that. She goes, that was not our station wagon. What do you mean that wasn't our station wagon? I remember driving in that station wagon. She goes, that was the neighbor's station wagon. Your dad used to trade cars with him when we'd go on vacation oh, so we could take the goodness. station wagon and throw you maggots in the back. And she goes, you know, before, before car seats, uh, she goes, we would just put a bunch of pillows and blankets and you and your brother would roll around in the back of the, the, uh, the thing. You guys could wrestle to your heart's it's like, desire. It's, it's like a hotel room, right? Yeah. You had your own hotel room right yeah. in the car on wheels. But I thought we had a, I thought we had a station wagon. Mom goes, we never had a station wagon. What are you talking about? It's a neighbor's station wagon. Oh my wagon. gosh. So <laughs> I was That's like, I did not know that. So we didn't even rent a car. We borrowed the neighbor's car to go drive. We drove to Arizona from Virginia. We drove to Colorado one year. Okay. It was there you so go. long. But see, I don't think kids appreciate 
doing that now, like driving across country and seeing the biggest ball of twine, seeing this, yeah. seeing that those big dinosaurs. I don't think kids appreciate that now because when I drove to St. Louis with Tyler, there's some things along the way, and I'm like, look, and he on his phone didn't on even phone bother looking. Yeah, that's they the don't thing. Care. They don't need to look out the window. We had nothing to do. Yeah. We all we had was the window. We played slug bug, Miranda. It, Going on those road trips, it was cool the first time, but then the, the first time. second time, the third time, the fourth time, it gets old. It gets old, yeah. okay. So Car bingo's kind of... Mm-hmm. Car bingo, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I learned yeah. how to read. I was at the point, and, and, and my mother will tell you, it was cute for the first hundred miles, that I was literally learning how to read when we took our... We drove across country. And so I would read all of the songs. Out loud? Out loud, oh, good God, the entire time. Judy would have given you some Nyquil. And my, oh, my mom yeah, was like, for sure." My mom will tell you the story. Like I'm real glad that you're reading and learning in these words and new things. But geez, Louise, she goes, "I just shut. Wish up. you would have learned how to read like the week after our vacation. You know what I'm saying? Like, do we have to do it now? Yeah. Reading How do we stop head. him from reading? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Let's do it silently. By the way, uh, if you are thinking about vacation ne- next time, what we can do holidays, right? Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It turns out, I did not know this, right now is when you should be booking your your vacation. If this, is, this is the good time to book flights? Mm-hmm. That, that's what they're saying. Yeah, that next week. By next week, you should have booked, booked your flights for the holidays. So this is the, the bargainy time. Because believe me, I was looking at some flights and I was like, oh, God, they're ugly. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, they're only going to go up. Now you'll get a deal, yeah. And actually, I've been looking at flights, too, and they've been... I, I, I thought they were a little high. Mm-hmm. But and I keep hearing people are saying they don't want to fly, but I just, again, flew last weekend, and my flights were full. Really? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting No, we had no empty see. seats. No empty mm-hmm. seats on, on either flight to or from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So, and it was, it was 106 degrees in Phoenix. I'm like, whew. Cool. I go like people like, hey, let's get a fit. I'm like, I don't think people are pouring into the city when it's like that. Yeah. So yeah, people are just flying. It is we what it is. We have our own hot temperatures here. Happy Tuesday. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a little warm. Chance of some showers. Just throwing it out there. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. Can I start just by saying that I, I'm convinced that there is a special place in hell for people who reply to all. On emails and I, uh, especially company wide emails. Oops, I just did it. Yeah. We've, we've had a couple of them here in the last couple of days. <laughs> Joey D though. Seriously? <laughs> he is Miranda's uh, replacement. He's uh, mm-hmm. number two. He's been replying to all to an email. He's, he's done it like four or five times now. Yeah. He's trying email? to have a conversation and thank you, Michael. Look at my. Right? Special place in hell. So, <laughs> MG's with you MG's on that. with you on that. So, yeah. can I tell you that I, I got into trouble uh, at a place that I worked once where I, I was on a reply to all jihad because I was trying to remove it from even an option on the email service. Um, but I told people, when you reply to all, I block you as an email. So I had ended up blocking so many people at work that I was, I was, I was missing out on things and I had to start unblocking people. I'm like, why are you blocking people? Because they reply to all. No reason to reply to all. Somebody talk to Joey D, please. On it. He's, he re- he's replied he just to all wants to be visible. different times now asking a question of one specific person who sent the email yeah. and we're all in the middle of this now i just i just think he doesn't know you got to give the kid a he knows. is no excuse <laughs> he knows 
He's, you know what? Joey D's my former student. That well, is unacceptable. Yeah. That explains he a knows. lot. It's just classic. <laughs> explains, it explains nothing. Miranda just. was my student, so she's the smart one. <laughs> that explains a lot. Unacceptable. <laughs> okay, Miranda, you opened yourself so, up for that one. Scientists out there uh, uh, have been busy working uh, on things that, first off, I didn't think we needed. The first group of scientists are working on cow bathrooms. Yeah, uh, you're not a scientist, so I don't think you get to say what's needed and not needed. Cow bathrooms? Yeah, it's called a mulu. It's not called a mulu. (laughs) It is. That's not what it's called. Scientists potty train cows to use the mulu. The mulu. There's a sign right there. So how does the cow know? They they see mulu and they know that's where they go. They get a treat when they go in there. Yeah, but doesn't do? that cause more oh, waste? Like potty training a kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> do you know that a cow urinates about eight gallons a day? Oh, that's more than I needed to know. <laughs> I've got a lot more. I've got a lot more facts no, you please. might want to know. Okay, so those scientists are working on cow bathrooms. I wish them the best of luck. Okay, wait. They <laughs> How embarrassing would it be? You're right. I'm, ready. I'm trying to go to the bathroom, and the door opens, and a cow comes out. Now, you know what? I'll just find a bush. I'm fine. I'm not going in that place. I'm not. After I'm they not okay, it. and after they go, happening. they get a sweet treat, which is a sweet liquid of mostly molasses. So yeah, if you would like, cause you'd like waste. us to bring some molasses right. in so that no. we can reward you when you go. That would be fine. Then we have the other uh, uh, group of scientists out there. With possibly the worst idea you've heard about, which is using DNA that they discovered, probably buried in an ice something somewhere. And they're going to, they're going to bring the woolly mammoth back. That's what they want to do. I've seen this movie. I have too. It's called Jurassic Park and it ends horribly for the people. The scientists get eaten first, by the way. Well, because they're all they're up to no good. If they had just done it the right way, I think it would have worked. <laughs> I want to see a T Rex lumber by here on no, the lakefront. No, you don't. They get hungry yeah. and they think you're an hors d'oeuvre. I want to see something come out of the lake that I've never seen before no, and, I don't. and chew off the top of the Wooly, building. They want to. They, they're <laughs> not kidding. They've got like fifteen million bucks. They got fifteen million dollar grant to try and bring woolly mammoths back again. It's yeah. to save the environment. No, it's, it's not. That's put them horse in Antarctica hockey. And they, they can. This was a. This is like Doctor Evil on an island somewhere. It's like oh, I got to bring the woolly mammoth back, and it's going to be part of my world domination. But how are we going to get people to go along with it? Tell them it's about for global warming. Good idea. Uh, Run with that. Yep. It's either that or the kids. One of the two, and we're going to do it for them, and then we're going to do it. I think it's one of the reasons why we're going to hell in a handbasket. The return of the woolly mammoth. But Judy <laughs> says she can restore your faith in humanity. Well, a new pop-up bookstore set up shop this week in North Lawndale, right here in Chicago. Young people in the neighborhood can now pay whatever they want or whatever they can for a book. Project director Chelsea Ridley says the initiative is aimed at helping kids learn to read at a younger age. Chicago-based nonprofit Open Books sponsors the project by supporting the pop-up at the corner of Central Park and Douglas Boulevard. And the best part is you pay what you can or you can even take the book for free. Now, Ridley says they have a ton of books that represent the demographics of the neighborhood. So black children can see themselves in their books. The pop-up bookstore was once a vacant lot. Now it's part of a bigger goal to bridge the reading gap for kids. And organizers are already looking to create a permanent location in the neighborhood. Hmm. Read on. Outstanding. Read All on. right.
outstanding. Tell you what, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you very much. Hashtag no woolly mammoths. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is that a T-Rex I just saw go by? Nope. Yeah. Uh. Um, but we also got to thank uh, MG and the posse over there. Uh, shout out to them. Hitting yeah. all the buttons, uh, making things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda's on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof glass. Appreciate that. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos all thank morning you, long. Sir. And Nick Gale, he's going to stand by. He's got your news, your traffic, your weather, uh, everything that you need to know. Nick has put it together just for you. It's going to help you get through your Tuesday just a little bit easier. It's all coming up next right here on 890 WLS.